It's, uh, man, I, it's going to be a good day today, and I am so excited, and uh, first service was just a special time, and, and now we get to just kind of experience what I, I believe to be going to be a very, very important, very special uh, day, as we're actually in the middle, or toward the end, if you will, of a series that we've been doing on the spiritual warfare and the armor of God, and, and understanding that, that if Jesus taught us the truth, and I say that because, for a reason, like, if you actually believe Jesus and what he said and the scriptures say, is that you and I are engaged in a spiritual battle, whether you realize it or not. That Satan and one-third of the angels in heaven, which is, by the way, more than 30 million of them, were, were cast out of heaven, and here they are on earth, and they are raging war against you and me. And over the last two weeks, we've been unpacking and looking at that and how all of that works. And that whether we realize it or believe it or not, that so many of the battles we are facing emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially, economically, in our country, in our world, and all around, that so much of the battles that we face, when we peel back the layers, they're actually spiritual in nature. We've been looking at this for two weeks, and it's, it's so important if you missed, go back, because that's the foundation that we've been laying. And we've been looking at this and trying to understand that this is who we are. That we are a spiritual being living in a spiritual world, doing battle against a spiritual enemy who can only be defeated with spiritual weapons. And at the end of the day, over the last few weeks, that's kind of what God has been revealing. That Jesus knows things that we don't know. He sees things that we don't see. And he kind of shares with us through his word, guys, you got to get ready to fight. You got to get ready to be in a battle because whether you realize it or not, you are in a battle. And so often you're in a battle that is spiritual, but you don't realize it because it's physical. In fact, listen to this. This is our, our verse through our series we've been looking at every, every time that we need to put on the full armor of God because we're fighting a real enemy so that you can take your stand. You don't have to lose against the devil's plans or schemes. Do you realize he is planning and scheming on ways to take us out? He goes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. See? You think it's circumstances. By the way, is it surprising? We've been here for seven years. We've never had any problems with the audio and the way we hear things in this building. And two out of the last three weeks, our entire sound system is shut off completely. As you can see from these speakers here that we had to start and why we started a traffic jam all the way out to Lantana Road this morning, which I think is really cool, to be honest with you. I love that when a church has a delay for a little bit, it causes traffic jams all the way across a couple roads. All right, that's an awesome thing. But... But listen to this. In other words, you think it's flesh and blood. You think it's just speakers. But isn't it ironic that the two weeks of the three of the spiritual warfare series, we have all these problems. And this is exactly what he said. So, so often in life, what you think are just technical, spiritual, relational, emotional are not. That because here's what they are. He goes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Guys, we're in a battle, whether you realize it or not. And the reason why we think it so often is flesh and blood is because we learned in this series and um, in the first week, what we learned is we learned that this is how the enemy attacks, is he uses flesh and blood. He uses, we learned, mind, will, and emotions. He uses other people, and he uses circumstances. 
to do his will or attack us. And we didn't just take my word for it. We actually looked in the scriptures of each of the examples where you see Satan rose up against Israel and King David by inciting him, putting a thought in his head, an emotion in his head to do something. He, we saw him attack Peter because Jesus said he's coming after Peter. And yet you don't see a demon. You see a slave girl. You see another individual. Then you see a crowd of people. And so all of them were used by the enemy to go after Peter and to make him fail. And then you see how, how the enemy actually uses circumstances to take us out. And that so many of these things, if you'd have looked in the moment, you'd have been mad at the person. Why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking these thoughts? Why is this circumstance happening? And when Jesus and the scriptures pull back the curtain, it reveals that the orchestrator of all of these events and these conflicts and these people were all the enemy using people, circumstances, and mind, will, and emotions to attack us. And that's why we think it's flesh and blood, but it's not. And then last week, we kind of turned the corner a little bit. We began to unveil who our enemy is. And too many times in, in, our, in our world, we, we don't like to talk about the enemy. We don't like to talk about the devil. And so we, we kind of close our eyes to it. And so what we did is we actually looked at the scriptures and we had God actually reveal to us who is Satan. And what we, he revealed in the book of Ezekiel is, is that he is perfect in beauty. He's not the guy with the pitchfork and the horns. He's not only perfect in beauty, he's full of wisdom. And, he, and so he's not who we think he is. He actually entices people. He's not who Hollywood portrays. He's so much different. He's a fallen angel adorned with all of this glory that God had created him with. Not only that, listen to this. We all started to look at what his power is, like what he can do. And this is where a lot of people's eyes went. I never knew that. And in the book of Job, we know that Satan when he rose up against Job, actually had the power to call down fire from heaven, right? Fire from heaven to consume and kill people and animals and his business and all of these things like this. He, he spoke to creation or nature, excuse me, and, and he sent in a strong wind that collapsed a house and killed people. So you, you look at Satan and you go, wow, like he actually had authority, if you will, over nature and could cause all these calamities and circumstances through that. That's, that's our enemy. That he caused an army to actually rise up and attack. That some of the people coming against your family and your business, that, that the source of that is actually one against Satan. And at the end, we saw how he actually touched Job and actually inflicted disease and sickness, and that Satan is also the author of sickness and disease. And so what you step back and you see is, while Satan isn't who I thought he was, man, he's powerful. He's powerful. He can do all of these things. And so then we begin to move. This next part of the series has been, okay, now that we know who he is, we need to take it serious when God tells us to put on the full armor of God. In other words, the focus of sharing who he is is not for us to put so much energy or focus on him and make it all about him because in the day God is more powerful than him. But it is for us to go, hey, the reason why God tells us to put on the armor of God is because of who we are fighting against. And so what we did last week, we're going to finish with this week, is you're going to look at six pieces of spiritual armor that God wants us to put on, has given us the ability to put on so that we can face this enemy that we're gonna, gonna face, but we can't just face him, we can actually face him and defeat him. And I think this is so important for us because I want you to understand this. I love what is done here in the scriptures because what God does is he can say, I'm gonna use an example, I'm gonna use an example that everyone understood and I'm gonna show you what a Roman soldier would put on to defeat their enemy and protect themselves against the attacks of the enemy. And then I'm gonna give you, listen to this, 
the spiritual equivalent of each of the pieces of armor. In other words, that each of these pieces of armor are tools that God has given you and me so we can stand and defeat the enemy that's coming at us. And so we looked at these. We're going to recap the four from last week. And then we're going to talk about the two new ones this week. And then we're going to close out this series in something special that I cannot wait in a few moments. So here we see the six pieces of armor. And as we read these pieces, I want to challenge you and encourage you in this. Ask yourself a question. Are any of these pieces of armor something I need to put on? So here we go. He goes, the first thing is we need to stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And we looked at this last week that the the belt of truth was actually the place, the belt in the Roman armor was a place that they would store all of their weapons, their swords and everything that would be there. They would actually put up the, the tunic that they would wear in the back and they were going to run. They would put that in their belt so they wouldn't trip and fall. And I love where God starts out. Hey, listen, you're fighting an enemy who's a liar, who uses deceit. So you need to use the truth of God and his word as, the, as a weapon against the enemy to prevent you from failing and falling. You see the principles, what he's saying? I'm going to give you the spiritual equivalent. You guys got to know the truth of God's word. We got to tuck it in our hearts. We got to memorize God's word. We got to do these things. And we got to be a part of this. Because when we do that, we actually can help defeat an enemy who's going to use lies and thoughts in our head to defeat us. You see, one of the things you have to understand about the enemy is he tricks and deceives people to do what they shouldn't do and actually destroy their lives, just like he did with Adam and Eve. And the second piece of armor we looked at was the breastplate of righteousness, meaning it's not enough to know what is true. We need to do what is right. And that's such an important thing because as you look at the scriptures, what you see is almost every situation, Job was an exception, but almost every situation in the Bible, when the enemy destroys destroys someone's life or family or kingdom or robs them of something. Almost every situation in the Bible, it's through their disobedience. Meaning, they're tempted by the devil, they give in to the temptation, and now the enemy steps in and destroys or defeats or gives them a setback when it comes to their life. Because there's something about God, I don't know what it is, but there's something that he kind of holds Satan back, that he's limited to do things to us. But the one thing Satan is great at is getting us to do things to ourselves. And so what we need to understand is, okay, you need to make sure you got the belt of truth around your waist. You, you, gotta, you gotta know it. You got the breastplate. You're gonna do the right thing. Your feet fitted with the readiness of, of, uh, that comes from the gospel of peace. Hey, we gotta make sure we're serving God. We're in community because that's what you're doing. You're serving together. And then the, the fourth piece was, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which You can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He's coming after you, and you need to trust God. You need to make sure, listen to this, you need to make sure you understand and know who God is. Because when the attacks come, and they're going to come, what you believe, your confidence about God and His truth and His power and what He will do will keep you strong enough to stay uh, on the right course long enough to defeat and, once again, defend yourself against the enemy. Now, what I want to do today and for the rest of the day is we kind of close out the series is I, I want to I give you the last two pieces of armory that God gives us. And here's why I love these last two. Because what you're going to discover is these last two pieces of armory are actually, listen to this, they're actually offensive, not defensive. 
And I love this about our God because he's like, I'm not just going to give you tools to defend his attacks on you because he's going to, you know, attack you. I'm actually going to give you weapons that you can use against him. And you're going to see this so that you can actually defeat him and send him fleeing. And so where we're going to spend the rest of the day is to move from this defensive posture against our enemy to going, how do I win? How do I take it and actually defeat our enemy? And here's the last two pieces of armor that once again are offensive. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And here's what that is, which is the Word of God. So what are the two offensive weapons? Salvation and the Scriptures. Salvation and God's Word are two weapons you use against the enemy. Now, some of you are like going, okay, I understand that God's Word, but how is salvation... How is salvation an offensive weapon against the enemy? And it's really simple. And most of you guys know it, you just haven't thought about it in this way. It's all about what happens when you get saved. See, when, when you give your life to Jesus and you realize he's, he's, he's your Lord, he's your Savior, I recognize I'm a sinner, and you say, Jesus, I want you to, I want you to be the leader of my life. Do you realize that you get more than eternal life in heaven? You get more than forgiveness of sins. What does God do once your sins are forgiven? He moves inside of you. And I want us to hear that, right? So all of a sudden, as you're walking through this life, I want to teach you how um, salvation is such an offensive weapon. Once again, as you're walking through in this life, God is now in you. So here, why, why does this matter? Listen to this. For dear children, you are from God, and you've overcome, once again, them, the enemy. Here's this. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I want you to hear why, why salvation is so prevalent. Here's why. Because the moment you give your life to Jesus, someone greater than the enemy moves in you, and that's God. Okay, think of it like this. Um, imagine for a moment, you're driving down 95, and then I, I pull up in my 2015 Audi, and I pull up next to you, and I shine the lights, I flash my lights at you, and I kind of like edge you over, pull you over to the side of the road. And as I pull you over to the side of the road, and I look at that, all of a sudden what happens, I say, hey, uh, you, were, you were going too fast, and you didn't use your turning signal, so I want to give you a ticket. How many of you would, would listen? How many of you are going to give me money? Why? Because I don't have any authority, do I? I have no right or authority over you in your life to give you a ticket or tell you how to drive. Now, if the same thing happens, but I'm carrying a badge, and I pull, pull you over in a police car, what happens? You're going to pull over, aren't you? You're going to listen, aren't you? You're going to pay the fine, aren't you? Why? Because I have authority. It's not my authority whose authority is. It's something greater than me, right? I have the authority of the U.S. government to take your license away. I've got the authority to give you a ticket and a fine. I've got the authority so you can't drive anymore to get insurance. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is you obey me, not because of me. You obey me because of the authority that I represent. This is exactly what is happening here. When you give your life to Jesus, you have authority in you. And oh, by the way, um, God has authority over Satan. Like, I, I love the, the scripture where Jesus actually speaks and he says, hey, I, I, uh, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Meaning, hey, when Satan rebelled against God, it wasn't much of a fight. It was one word, gone. 
Like as powerful as Satan is, he listens to my dad. And my dad spoke a word to him. He's like, yes, sir. And he is gone and out of heaven and nothing he can do. In fact, he couldn't even touch Job or do anything without asking permission of my father. And so guess what? My father has authority. Not only does his father have authority, Jesus has authority. There are moments of the scripture, and I love this, where he's casting like, if you will, these fallen angels out of people. And he's speaking to them. And they're like, Jesus, please don't throw me out. Oh, Jesus, please don't. Let me stay in the area. Like they're begging and pleading. Why? Because they understand they're under his authority. And I want you to see this. Why? Because God, the same God is in you. And you now have authority over your enemy, and he no longer has authority over you. And the moment you get saved, you are now walking in authority. No matter how powerful your enemy is, you are now greater than him. Why? Because greater, somebody greater than him is in you. Just like that police with the badge, as Christians, that's how we live. I love the disciples because they get this authority and I love what they do. He said, Jesus sends 72 out, not just the 12. He goes, I'm gonna give all you guys authority to go set people free from the spiritual battles of their life. And I love this. So the 72 return with joy. Like this was awesome, God. Like we know who Satan is and he's been kicking our butt for centuries. But the moment you gave us authority, he had to do everything we said. And he said, Lord, even the demons submit to us because of us. No, in your name. See, it wasn't our authority. It wasn't because we were mighty. It's because God is in us and now we have the authority that comes from you. And they listen to whatever you say. And I love Jesus' response. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Like, listen, I, we, my dad kicked his butt a long time ago, right? I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. By the way, not actual snakes and scorpions for those of you that grew up in Kentucky. Um, I'm talking about like, those are actually representations of demonic or fallen angels, right? Uh, sorry that I've just now offended a state. Um, and to overcome, and I love, here's, I want you to see this, this. When you give your life to Jesus, you, you now can overcome all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. See, your authority that God has given you as salvation is an offensive weapon. And I just want to encourage some of you. Some of you need to start doing battle with the enemy with that authority. You got to pray over those emotions and take capital thoughts with the authority of the name of Jesus because once again, he is greater than the person putting those thoughts in your head. You, you need to pray over your business, over your children, over your marriage, over your relationships. And you got to start using the authority that God has given you because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Now here's why I say this. Listen to this. Listen to this. There was a group of people that thought they could try to use authority over Satan by using the name of Jesus that weren't Christians. And this is powerful. I want you to see this. Because I want you to understand the authority you have and the authority you did not have before you gave your life to Jesus. So one day there were some people who go, hey, I'm seeing these followers of Jesus or Christians that have the Spirit of God in and the authority. And I watched them set these people free. I'm going to try to use the name of Jesus. Listen to this. But I'm not going to surrender my life to Jesus. And I'm not going to be saved, if you will. And so God's Spirit's not in them. I want you to see what happens. Look at this. Okay? So some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. Okay, They don't believe in Jesus, but we're going to try to use his name. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, like, I don't know Jesus, but, but we see this guy, Paul, other people use his name. I command you to come out. They were the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who were doing this. So these people who believed in God, 
They were in a priestly family, but they never surrendered their life to Jesus. And so what? So, so, so the Spirit of God was not in them. They did not have authority, and they tried to use the name. And I want you to see what happens, because it's kind of freaky, but it's kind of cool, and it's kind of exciting all at the same time. Here you go. Ready? Look at what happens to them. Uh, so one day, the evil spirit answered them. I know it's kind of like the exorcist, freak you out a little bit, right? It's like, so they're talking to somebody, get out. And all of a sudden, this deep voice or whatever comes out of this person. They're like freaking out. But notice what the demon says to them. Jesus, I know. Yep, he's like, we're, we're under him. Whatever he says, we got to listen to. Paul, I know about. He's also a Christian, has authority. But who are you? Probably freak you out a little bit, wouldn't it? <laughs> Forgive me, I'm just going to keep on tormenting that guy. I'm going to go. But, 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 but. Remember, they didn't have authority because the Spirit of God was not in them. And the demon goes, I know who's not in you. And because he's not in you, let me tell you exactly what I'm going to do. And look at what happens to someone who tried to do it without the authority in them. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them. One Verses 7, if you don't think that there's demonic powers and makes people powerful, uh, then the man had an evil spirit, jumped on them and overpowered them. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. I want you to hear that. So seven people on one, all right, I'm going to try to use the authority, but we don't really have the authority because God's not in me because I haven't given my life to Jesus. And the enemy wreaked havoc in their life because they did not have the authority. And then when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Understand something. You've got incredible authority. And for some of you that are in battles all the time and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, that's the first step. At the end of the service, you can always come up here. We'll be praying. We'll be happy to pray with you if you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Because until you do that, you don't have the Spirit of God in you to walk in authority to defeat the enemy that's coming after you. That's the first one, right? The first offensive weapon is the helmet of salvation. The second offensive weapon is what's called the sword of the Spirit or God's Word. We would call it the Scriptures. Now, why is this so important? I want you to hear this. Because God's Spirit doesn't just have authority over the enemy. So does His Word. The Bible actually says that all Scriptures, the Bible itself, are God-breathed. They're actually inspired by the Holy Spirit. And what a lot of people don't understand is, do you know that God's Word actually has authority or Satan is subject to God's Word, the Bible? There's authority in what it is. In fact, when Jesus was attacked by the enemy, three times He was tempted. Every single time Jesus was attacked, He used the same words to start. It is written. In other words, my dad said it, and you're subject to it. It is written, thou shalt not live, or thou shalt not you know, worship anybody else. It is written, don't live on bread alone. It is written, don't test. And so what he did is Jesus quoted something that God said hundreds and hundreds of years prior to that and said, Satan, you know real quick that you're under the authority of my father. He cast you out one time, and you know you are subject to him and his word. And Satan fleed from Jesus because of the sword of the Spirit, if you will, Him using God's Word. And this is why, listen to this, it is so important for you and me. If you are raging a battle spiritually, we've got to know the Word of God. We've got to tuck it in our mind. We've got to memorize it and meditate on it because it is a weapon. And here's why I say this. There's too often in our lives, as we're living our lives, we look at this book and we go, oh, this is great for history. Oh, this is a great little quiet time with the Lord. And, and, and God says, no, 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 let me tell you what this is. This is a weapon. Like, this is, listen, listen. If you talk about a sword, this is a sword that, that God has actually given you so when the enemy comes after you, you come after him and he leaves. 
Do you realize how vital it is to not just put the helmet of salvation on, but to actually put the sword of the Spirit, to actually know this word so much that you can use it against your enemy? In fact, boys, come on up. You're going to introduce you to my, my two little boys right here. Scotty, here you go. This is my oldest son, Scotty. This is my youngest son, Bartholomew. Oh, what's your name? Thomas. All right, here we go. Lord, I pray for us all right now with that. There we go. My crazy one. All right, come sit up here, boys. Now, okay, okay, no, no, no. Be careful with that. Like you like really hurt someone. <laughs> I would not want to be in the front row right now. No, I'm just kidding. So one of the things that, that God really put in my heart as I was preparing these, these things, the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet fitted ready, the shield of faith, um, the shield of faith, uh, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, is, is um, one of the things that really hit me was, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. Settle down, settle down. Mama gave him sugar. All right. Um, uh, one of the things that hit me was this. Is that too often this verse is simply for us both spiritual and optional. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, it's important to know. But like it's not really, it's not really real life. Do you see the danger? In other words, what, what we do is we go, hey, you know what? What's really important is this person here, my young, we're going to put the helmet of salvation. Yeah, we want him to go to heaven and know Jesus. So we're good. Let's give them the helmet of salvation. We don't really need, he doesn't need to know the scriptures and really memorize them and know them and understand them. He doesn't really need to build his faith and serve God. As long as he has this, we're, we're good. And what happens is we begin to live our lives thinking, well, those are just spiritual things, but they don't really affect your life. Can I challenge you on that for a moment? If you're the enemy and you're limited in power and you're going to come after someone, which one are you going to come after? In other words, if, if, if you're going through life and the enemy's going to attack both, because he's going to attack all of us, just think about this. I want you to think this is, we got to move beyond all this is Sunday school stuff to real life stuff. Um, which one, when the enemy attacks their marriage, is going to be able to strengthen and hold their marriage together? Which one, when anxiety and, and, and pressure of life come in, is going to have peace and joy? Do you, see, do you see where I'm going with this? It's like, like so many people are like, hey, he's got the helmet of salvation, but he doesn't even really know how to use the authority because he doesn't know the word. He hasn't really built faith, so he doesn't, when the enemy attacks, he's, he's susceptible to these things. And not just, once again, spiritual. And this is what I want us to see. See, when temptation comes and it's easy to do the wrong thing and that wrong thing is going to take you on the wrong course, which one is going to be better at resisting temptation and staying on the right course? Which, which one when, when is going to be a better father? Which one's going to be a better husband? Which one's going to be a better leader? See, I think what, what I want us to understand is, listen, listen to this. We need to understand this is not just spiritual. That knowing the words of God building our faith, serving the Lord, so that these things change how we defeat our enemy that we fight every day of our lives. And we need to begin to understand this, that we are spiritual beings in a spiritual world that are doing battle against a spiritual enemy. And we've been given spiritual weapons. They're the only thing that will defeat them. And the one thing I can speak to you parents is this, is they got a 0.2% chance of playing professional sports. As much as you play Fortnite, it's less than that. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 okay. Ouch, you just stabbed me in the foot. All right. No, no, put it down. Focus, focus, focus. Here we go. Listen this. They got a 0.2% chance of playing professional sports. And they've got a 100% chance of facing the enemy. 
And my responsibility as a father is, we, we, I gotta make sure they're prepared. I don't wanna send my children into life going, okay, they're saved, they're going to heaven, and they're gonna be, they're gonna be a, a, a whooping boy for the rest of their lives by the enemy because they have no way to defend and they have no way to attack or keep the enemy off. I wanna make sure that I'm sending my children out to this world, to church, to school, to, to marriage, everything, where they are armed and ready to defeat the enemy, listen to this, that is going to come after them. And this is why God says, you need to put on the full armor of God. You can defeat him, but if you go into battle like this, listen to this, you're gonna lose. Amen? Amen. All right, boys, you guys go in the back. Good gosh, come on, come on, come on. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 we don't even joke. We're not even joking. Okay, okay, okay. Where's his mother? Where's that kid's parents? Thought he's gonna jump down. Oh, boy, there you go. Let's put the, point the sword. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Hey, I want to wrap up the series here and with this because there's a lesson that, that kind of launched this whole series and why we, we, we did this as a church. And there's a lesson that was probably the most powerful one we've talked about in this whole series. I think it's going to be right now, so I need you to all kind of focus and pay, and pay attention because I think this is where, we're, where many of us are losing. Because there's too many Christians that are walking around this world, and here's where we are. We've got the armor of God on. I mean, we believe, we got the helmet of salvation, we, we know God's word, we've got the shield of faith, uh, we're serving God, but we're still losing the battles. And let me tell you why, because let me tell you, this is what God began to reveal to me of why I was losing my battles. Because there was a certain battle that just kept coming after me, kept coming after me, kept coming after me, and I just kept losing that battle, losing the battle. And this is where God began to show me, and it really centers around this one verse, and I want you to see this. Because if you ever wondered why you're continually facing the same battles and same struggles and it just feels like you're losing, it really is about this one verse and something I want you to learn from it. And to me, this is the most powerful lesson I learned from this entire series, and here's what it is. I want you to see this. Submit to God, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and I love the end, he will flee from you. He's going to run away, you're going to live victorious. Now, now, let me tell you why this is the verse that so many of us miss, and this is why, this is the, the, the weak point I think so many of us are losing our battle. Here's why. Because so many of us are reading the verse like this. Submit to God, and the devil will flee from you. And what I mean by that is, hey, okay, just do the right thing and study the Bible and worship and pray. And, and if you just memorize those scriptures and know the truth, as long as you submit to God, put on the armor, then he's going to flee. But what, what does that leave out? Resist. Fight back. Hear me, because some of you, this is, what, this is it right here. This is the thing for me. We often, as Christians, believe if I do good, and I do the right thing, then, then everything should be fine. I shouldn't have financial problems. I shouldn't have marriage problems. I shouldn't have my kids rebel. I shouldn't walk through depression and anxiety. I, 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 shouldn't, I should not not get the promotion. I should win every battle that I've had. I should have got that job or that date or whatever it was, right? Why? Because I submitted to God. And now because I submitted to God, my expectation is the enemy flees and I just live life on a beach. You know, everything's great. And so when it happens and the trials come and we do the right thing and the bad thing happens, what do we do? We get frustrated, don't we? And we just go, God, I can't believe this. Life's not fair. And, and this is what happened. And so what happens is we're going on this journey and we're going, okay, God, I'm ready and I'm building my faith and I'm following you. And then the trials come. We don't think they're fair and we quit. And we give in to the temptation and we give up. It happens all 
the time. And this is why this verse to me is so powerful. Because what God is saying to you is, it's not enough to submit to God and put armor on. You've got to fight to win. Think about this. Why do you put armor on? You don't put armor on to go to the beach. And you don't put armor on to avoid the battle. You put armor on to win the battle. And we need to understand that doing all the right things doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. Jesus actually said in this life we're going to have trials. But doing these right things, putting this armor, actually gives you the ability to push through these battles and actually come on the other side of victorious. What we don't understand sometimes, sometimes those battles can last not just weeks, but months and years. And I'm telling you, this is such a big thing because it's such a huge aspect of how it is that so many of us will lose the battles. Because here's what we say at Journey, expect the battle and expect the victory. Yes, but don't expect the victory without the battle. And we need to get our hearts and our attitudes ready to go. All right, I'm going to put on the armor of God. And even though it's all on, he's still coming. The only difference is because I have the faith and the, and the righteousness and I'm doing these right things in authority, I'm going to push back. I'm going to fight back. So at the end, he's going to flee. But I can't avoid that battle. Because too many of us, like I said, here's what happens. We walk in and we're victims. Oh, I just always have these thoughts. I'm just an anxious person. I'm just a depressed person. Oh, I'm just, I'm, my mom wasn't a good wife, so I'm not going to be a good wife. My, my dad wasn't a good husband, so I'm not going to be a good husband. I, I'm never going to get promotion. And we're living in this, in, this, in this mental state of discouragement and despair. And we're living in this state of just going, oh, I'm so defeated by the enemy. And here's what I begin to realize. That's why the enemy keeps coming after you. Because it's working. See, see, see th think about this for, for a moment. This is the lesson that God showed me. If the enemy knows how to discourage you and defeat you and distract you, and it's effective, and he's wise, why would he stop? Do you know why you have the same battles over and over and over again? Because they're effective, aren't they? And by the way, I'm speaking to myself as well. They're effective. Those of you that play sports, listen, if you had a, if you're playing football and you found out that there was a person playing defense that was slow and had a weakness, what are you, you're going to keep exploiting it and you're going to keep throwing touchdowns and you're going to keep winning. Why? Well, because I, I found what works. I'm going to keep doing it until you stop me. Right? Like no coach in the world is going to go, hey, what we're doing is keeps working. Let's try another strategy. No, it's working. Let's just keep doing it in business. Oh, I found a way to beat our competitors. Let's, let's put all of our energy on their weak point because that might be our strength point and we're going to keep winning. And what I'm saying to you is this, is so many of us are letting the enemy come after us over and we get discouraged and we quit and we got him frustrated and I'm angry and I'm victory. And then we're wondering why it keeps happening. Here's why. Because you're quitting and giving up and, and getting discouraged and being negative. It's like an invitation for the enemy to go, this is awesome. I'm going to keep coming. Like, I, like think about it. Satan's limited in, 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 in how many fallen angels they are. So why would he spend his time on people that are going to fight back and not lose? No, I'm going to go after John over here. Because John, and by the way, I don't know if there's a real John there. So please, <laughs> offensive, I can't see. So what, if there's a John there, uh, quotation marks there. All right. Oh, but man, I, I, every time John has a bad day at work, he takes it home and it just messes with his family. He's going to keep having bad days at work. 
Oh, every time Sally over here gets stressed, she just neglects her, her family and her marriage and things like that. Oh, I'm just gonna keep stressing her out. Oh, every time something uncertain happens, this person just gets anxious. And oh, every time this person gets wounded at church, they're just gonna give up on me. I'm gonna just keep sending the broken people to wound them and come after them. You see, every time this person, this happens, this person gives in to lust, I'm gonna keep going after that. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Is the enemy is wise. And when, when, when we don't real, when we realize, when we stop, if you will, resisting or fighting back, what we are is we're literally inviting the enemy to just keep coming at us. And there's so many that are living in this constant state of a battle and despair without the victory because we forgot we had to fight back. And we sat there and just endured and then eventually quit. In fact, I want us to understand something about the enemy that you see is this, is that Satan will continue to go after people that give in to temptation or give up in trials. He's limited, but if he's winning, he's smart. He's gonna keep, and every time, oh, he, the, if I do this, they give in. Okay, I'm gonna keep doing this. Hey, if they give up, okay, I'm gonna keep doing that. See the principle? So I want us to understand this whole idea of resisting so he flees. We can't leave this out. That you can say it like this, that when we give up, Satan doesn't give up. Why would he? But when we don't give up, we fight back. Satan does give up. And I want us to understand, because for some of us to win the spiritual battle that we're facing in our lives, we're gonna have to have attitude adjustment. And we're going to have to start going, okay, life isn't fair. The enemy's coming, but I'm no longer going to get in that fetal position anymore. And woe is me, I'm a victim. I'm going to fight back. In fact, let me show you how this works in my life. Because the reason this series came up was something that happened in August. I, uh, I want you to see how, I want to make this practical for you. How you use all these, these six weapons, if you will, armor in a spiritual battle that seems practical. So here we are. I'm driving back from Orlando. And coming back from vacation, getting ready to speak on Sunday, and it's Saturday afternoon, I felt like God put in my heart, go walk and pray over one of our campuses, right? So I'm like, okay, God, I'll, I'll do the right thing. I'll honor you. I'll, I'll go. I mean, technically it's my day off, but I, and I got to speak tomorrow. But if you want me to pray over your church, I'm, I'm good. I'll do it. So I was fully committed to go do that. And here's what you see. So I pulled home. By the time I got home, I had a migraine headache. By the way, who, who can inflict sickness and disease? So it means I didn't feel like going to do what God did put in my heart to do, which is go fight spiritually, to go worship and pray over his church. Then I went home and I went to go turn the light switches on and we had these smart light switches and I went and turned the light switch on and they didn't work. And I found it strange, so I went and turned on a television for the kids while I was gonna go pray and the television didn't come on. So I went to another room, turned on a television, that television, burnt out, didn't work. And that's when I realized this, that while we were gone, our house had been struck by lightning. Remember, I'm on the way to pray over God's church, do the right thing, honor God. And I walk in and I'm going, okay, so that TV's blown. That TV's blown. Oh, those light switches, I gotta get an electrician in. Let me just turn on the, the other room. And I turn on, we have a projector in the same room. We have a projector and projector didn't turn on and blew my brand new projector. No insurance, by the way. This is all coming out of my pocket. We turn on the sound system for that same projector in that theater room and sound system completely burn out. Not done yet. Um, Sonos speaker for music, burnt out. Two Apple TVs, burnt out. We continue. Two pool pumps, burnt out. The brains that runs the whole pool system, $1,000, burnt out. Hot water heater, burnt out. And the list goes on and on and on. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. By the way, once again, who controls lightning? Who controls sickness and disease sometimes? And, I, and here's why I say this. I found myself in this moment and can I be real? Because I want to show you the difference. This is where some of us don't resist. I find myself in the moment, and can I be honest what I really felt and what I actually said? Here's what I said. God, are you kidding me? 
Like, I, like I'm going to pray for your church. Like, I've got, it's my day off, and I'm going to go pray over your church, and they're your people, and I've got a migraine headache and all this damage. Come on, this is after. Like, I already gave you my whole salary. What else do you want? Like, why would you not protect this? That's what I said. And you know what I said? I just want to sit in the one TV that's left working and watch TV. <laughs> you guys ever felt like that, by the way, in your life? When you're like, all those bad things happen, you're like, I just give up. I don't want to praise. I don't want to worship. I don't want to go to church. Right? That's what I felt. And that's when God began to reveal this to me. If, if, if we give up, say he's not going to give up. <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is exactly what the enemy wants, Right? He wants me to stay at home and sulk and get mad at God instead of fight Him and push Him back and defeat Him. You hear that? So what I begin to realize at that moment is, okay, wait a minute. I've got to get, like, my head out of the sand and stop being naked. I'm not a victim, right? God has, I have authority over Him. I'm not going to give in because if I give in and give up, He's going to keep coming after me. So I am going to turn the pages on Him, if you will, and I'm going to go after Him. And I made the decision. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to that campus and I'm going to, once again, I'm going to pray no matter what. I'm not even going to look for more broken stuff. I am on the way and I'm going to go do it because I am going to, once again, resist Him because I want him to flee. I want him to come after you guys, not me. And I want you to see, that was a joke, by the way, I don't want him to come after you guys. That's why I'm teaching you guys so he doesn't, because I want you to see, see the mindset? I'm not a victim, but if I give into this and give up, he's never gonna stop. I'm gonna turn the tables on him and give it back to him and I'll make him pay. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on the armor of God. This wants you how it works. So I'm going to know the truth of God's word. I got authority over him, right? I'm going to know the truth of God's word. Greater is he that's in me than is in the world. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to trust God because God is trustworthy and I don't feel like it, but I'm going to go do battle because God didn't do that to my house. The enemy did. So I'm going to go fight the hurt my real enemy. I'm not going to let him win. I'm going to use the truth of God's word. Not only that, we're going to walk in obedience. I'm going to go do what God told me to do. I'm going to build my faith. And so I'm going to just go there and I'm going to read the scriptures. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to remind myself that God is greater than him. And Satan fell like lightning. And that's the God that I serve. And I'm not going to give in. Right? I'm going to serve God's kingdom. I've already been saved. I'm going to memorize. I'm going to use the authority of scripture. See, what I'm, see how this practical real life stuff? And I begin to have this attitude adjustment to go, I'm not going to sit there and take it. I'm going to make him pay. And so Satan, listen to this. I'm not just going to go. I'm bringing the whole staff to the place. And on the next day, we gather the staff. And I said, you know what? If you want to come after me and my family, here's what's going to happen. We're actually going to encircle this whole campus if that's what you didn't want. And we're going to worship your enemy, God. We're going to remind you who he is. And we're all going to praise God. We're all going to pray. Not only that, we're going to fast and we're going to begin to battle. And we're going to take it to you. Because I'm going to fight back. Because that's what God's giving me the ability to do. So why? So he flees and goes after someone else. See, when we, this is, when you are in this state and you're the victim and you stay there, if Satan is limited, the people that fight back, he's going to flee. And he's going to go after people that don't. And some of us, listen, listen, hear my heart, hear my heart, please listen to this. Some of you, I know it's hard. Life isn't fair. You didn't deserve, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you don't pick yourself up, if you don't start doing battle, if you don't get your head out of your sand, the sand, and start using the authority that God has given you and you don't keep fighting back and making pay. He's never gonna stop. 
If every time he gets to your marriage and every time he gets these things, it's successful, he's never going to quit. And so my encouragement and my challenge to you is when you begin to face the trials, whatever has been consistent and persistent in your life, stop letting him win. Whatever you have been doing when you get discouraged, do the opposite. You begin to worship more, begin to pray more, begin to serve God more, be more generous, forgive more. And as you begin to once again take the offensive to Him, the promise the Scripture gives us is what? When you resist Him, He flees. So let's all stand up, all of our campuses online. Let's do what He hates. Let's begin to worship. Let's begin to fight in the spiritual realm. And then let's expect God to do what He said He would do and that He, when we resist, would cause the devil to flee. Amen? Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this truth. God, for too long, we have not had leverage and authority you've given us. So right now, right now, we just pray as we praise you, God, as we honor you, as your presence draws away the, the darkness. God sent angels to fight our battles. No longer let us be victims but walk in victory over our enemy as we fight our battles in the spiritual realm with the spiritual weapons that you've given us so that the devil will flee. In Jesus' name.